1: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dave Seeger and Chris Howard of Gunnerstown. Gents, Arsenal need a winger, but what kind of winger do they need?
2: The best.
1: (laughs) Helpful.
3: (laughs) Oh...
2: I know we're going to lead into the Carrasco conversation. Oh, the reason
3: I put this on the running order is because there's a big debate on Twitter about Ryan Fraser and Carrasco. They're totally different sort of players, yeah, and both. yet we're linked to both. So it's interesting. And as I said in the previous weeks, I think it—you know which one we go for will determine the style we play. Because Carrasco can play in a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1, whereas I don't think Ryan Fraser is that sort of wing.
2: Every additional player that we add to this squad is one rung down the ladder that Mkhitaryan gets closer to the first team. <laughs> so, as far as I'm concerned, let's have them both.
1: Well, is there any possibility that Arsenal could sign both?
2: Yeah, if they can offload the uh, it's all, at expensive the moment, At the moment,
1: behind the scenes, it's
3: they're so busy trying to get rid of players at Arsenal. Um, even to the point where they are being. I know, for example, there's another winger that we're taught. We have spoken to the the agents and the club, which is Wilfred Zaha. And in that, because so that's well out of our price range, they're sort of offering, you know, El Neni, yeah, Chambers, Chambers, <laughs> Jenkinson, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs T, Steve Bold. <laughs> yeah. No, but they. I mean, because that, that's that's the sort of thing that we'd have to do. So they're trying to get people off the wage bill or by selling or by part exchange. And I think. It's, it's this dilemma they've got. Do they go big on the anticipation that they are going to be able to sell or do they sell and then go big, by which time everyone knows they've got more money so the prices go up? It's a horrible situation to be in.
2: They should just hire a massive glass box and just drive around the M25 with the Arsenal players like El Nenny. I feel like and Ernie White's staring Morecambe here. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Just get them around the M25 with big arrows pointing yeah. at them saying, buy here, yeah. buy here, 50% fire, off. Fire sale. Like I've said that at the end of the last off. season,
3: there's a fire sale at the Emirates. Didn't I? God, dear. Uh,
1: in terms of the logistics of these deals, Carrasco is currently at Dalian Yifang in China. That's easy for you to say.
3: Bless you. Uh, thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly what his wages are but the rumours suggest it's upwards of £200,000 a week. How's this going to work? Is he take your pay cut? This is the stumbling block. I mean, his agent is
3: obviously busily touting himself around, not just Arsenal, but the rest of Europe. I think the player wants to play in the Premier League. That's the thing. And, uh, yeah, he's going to have to take a wage cut.
2: And the fee's like €25 million, so it's not not expensive, is it? It's just they can't afford to have another Mkhitaryan-style player on their hands. And if Carrasco doesn't... Hit it off. Imagine if you can't offload Özil and Mkhitaryan this summer. You've got yet more cash being The difference, being eaten is, up the difference
3: is Carrasco's got another big move in him because he's only twenty four, twenty five. We people forget that because he seems like he's been around for a while and he was at Atletico and he's disappeared off. But he's not that old, so he's not like Mkhitaryan or Özil that are approaching thirty. Yeah. But yeah, no, I take your point. Um, and of course, the other the other factor into the equation is if he does want to play with two out-and-out wingers, which we haven't really had. Even when he tried to play that formation, he was doing it with Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan at the start of the season. Apart from that Chelsea game, it's the one game where I remember them both getting beyond their full-back and when mm. crosses in, it didn't happen very often. If he wants to play with two
1: wingers, you can add Reese Nelson into the equation as well, maybe. Mm. So if, if Arsenal did sign Carrasco and they played him in a 4-3-3, <laughs> would you see him playing on the right, right-footed, or playing on the left and dipping in?
2: I think he's somebody who cuts in, isn't he? He's somebody who likes the ball... He's, he's got a trick or two with him. He's good with the ball at his feet. I don't know if he's the, the fastest um, player in the world. He's pretty nippy.
1: I mean, he was used at left wing-back by Belgium uh, when Martinez was in charge for the World Cup. And he's he's got legs.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the Arsenal social media debate is around the the different... Ryan Fraser is, obviously, uh, has pace, but it would be kick it beyond Perry Grover style and run past and then whip across in. Whereas Carrasco's got the trick, got the skill to beat a man. And Arsenal fans, I think, in the main, want a winger who can beat a man with a trick. Because we have this reputation, and we haven't lost it under Emery, of having to pass our way through every single you know, packed defence. And sometimes you need a player who can just beat a man rather than have to find a pass, which is what Ozil has to do and most of it So maybe that's why Arsenal fans want a Caresco-style winger rather than a Fraser-style winger.
2: He's also done it at Atletico Madrid. He was at Monaco Scored too, in the Champions so League think, final. Yeah, so I think he's a name too. I think that's, if you think about the debacle that we had towards the end of last season, um, if you've got players or if you are linked or if you are bringing in a player of that calibre, then it's going to be a bit of an adrenaline shot for the fans as well, isn't it?
1: With that, do you think Arsenal fans are being seduced, A, by the glitz and glamour of the name and the goal in the Champions League final, and B, by the twinkling feet? Because in Ryan Fraser, he's less fashionable. He's done it for Bournemouth rather than Atletico Madrid, but only Aidan Hazard got more assists in the Premier League last season. He's proven the in Arsenal this fans, division-
3: The Arsenal fans who don't want Ryan Fraser, let's call them snobs, <laughs> for sake of argument, would say of those assists, I think ten of the fourteen were from set plays. Now I would say, crikey, we haven't had anyone who can take set place for years. I mean, a good corner would be a blessing at Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> not since Santi, really. So yeah, so I wouldn't mind that. But that that is the criticism. You know, if you that you have to look beyond the stats because there are a lot of set pieces. But he does whip a mean ball in, and what I like about him. It's like the Geordie Armstrong or the Brian Marwood style of winger, where I don't have to beat a man. If I can see the ball, I'll cross it from halfway inside the half. If you want, I'm accurate enough. I'll whip it in from way, way, way in. You know, in up the pitch. Not, I don't need to get to byline. I'll whip it in early, and that's what he would do. So I think he could play wing back as well, which is the other thing.
2: I don't think that it's beyond the realms of possibility that both aren't could not be on the cards because like you said they're two different types of player so it gives Emery a little bit more variety going forward I think as well if Arsenal with Fraser uh, as long as no one else nips in and offers mega money if Bournemouth are asking the silly money that they are then Arsenal just hold on and hold on and hold on he's a sort of signing that I could see you know you can go out early on and get someone like Carrasco and the fans get excited and then you start being pragmatic and start to look, all right, well now we need a centre half and let's get, you know, cover for Bellerin at right back and you start to slowly chip away at the positions that we need to and someone like Ryan Fraser can be a towards the end of the transfer window Bournemouth start getting a little bit worried a little bit nervous because they haven't offloaded this player for 40 million pounds I read the other day which is absolutely farcical
1: Yeah but if Zaha's 100 mil then Fraser is 40 at least Zaha isn't worth
2: that Zaha's no just signed that. an extended no...
1: contract Ryan Fraser's only got a year to go so yeah. there's a big difference there I think, I think the thing with Ryan Fraser
3: is uh, I could understand it because I think if well if we finish the season with the same formation and we start it that way with three at the back, I think Ryan Fraser can definitely play wide. You know, he can play where Kalasynak plays quite easily. In the same way that his predecessor Elliot, when he, you know when he's left Bournemouth and got Newcastle, that's where Benitez is playing him. That sort of traditional box to box winger. So for me, he plays in a four four two for Bournemouth. If you want to play two strikers, he's perfect. Like Brooks and, and and Fraser work very very well for Bournemouth in that formation. Question is, does anyone believe that Emery's going to play four four two? Probably not. So he might play the three four one two, in which case Fraser for me would be a a very good candidate for the left wing-back role.
1: Well, if I forced you each to pick one of Ryan Fraser and Yannick Ferreira Carrasco, who would you have?
2: I'd have Carrasco because I think he's got more pedigree and more quality about him. I'm not saying that I have any issue with Fraser. It's just I think Carrasco is a better footballer. Hmm.
3: Would you agree with that, Dave? I actually... I actually like them both, and I, I would. I'm going to sit on the fence because I think it
2: really. You can't. Means. He just. Said, Johnny just said pick one. Johnny's not you my boss. Say, you can't say. <laughs> you can't <laughs> say of a choice of two. Which one you, do you fell go into for? That trap. No.
3: Well, I think it's the choice of two formations. So if I know which formation, I'll tell you which. Wing Johnny, one. give him a formation. Which, for love. which formation would you
1: prefer, Dave? Well, I think he'll play four-three-three three or four-two-three-one. In, which, in case, which case, it's Carrasca. OK, wonderful stuff. It's sounds like Carrasco. Let's qualify it. And also, of course, there's further qualification because, as we've discussed, potential difficulties with the wages as well. And it's all go at Arsenal, not just in terms of transfers, but also in terms of potential switches of backroom staff. Steve Bold and Freddie Youngberg could be about to be involved in the most bizarre inter-club swap deal we've heard of in quite some time. Clearing this all up for us in just a moment will be James Benj, senior writer at football.london
0: this is love
1: sport you're listening to the arsenal fan show here on love sport radio with me johnny burrow and dave Seeger and chris howard of gunnerstown and i'm delighted to say that we're also joined on the line by james benj senior writer at football.london good evening james thanks for joining us enlighten me about this swap deal, because we're hearing a bizarre suggestion that two members of Arsenal's backroom staff could be about to switch jobs.
0: Yeah, um, as I'm as I understand it, Freddie Jungberg will be moving to Unai Emery's coaching staff, so he'll uh, be an assistant manager alongside Juan Carlos Casado, and um, Steve Bold he'll be going back to the academy setup. He's worked in there before, and he'll be the under twenty three head coach. Uh, It's not been officially confirmed yet, but it should be confirmed quite soon. It's all in place. Um, And, yeah, it will will be announced at at some stage, I'm sure. Always difficult to know when at this time of year. But, yeah, it is happening.
2: Hi, James. Chris here. Um, Does Steve Bold actually want this, do you think? (laughs) I
0: think actually in a way he does, because I, I, I wouldn't want to speculate on how he was feeling about the job, but from what we could all see anyone that was at the Emirates or was at Colney on a regular basis last season. Unai Emery was not particularly leaning on him heavily, um, and there were, you know, there were two assistants, him and, and Carthedo, but it was Castedo that that Emery was working more closely alongside. And I think for Bold, it's about freshening up. When I talk to people at Arsenal, they say that kind of everyone there is really keen to reinvigorate the coaching staff and to to move things around and freshen them up. I think they were also eager to give. Freddie a chance, but yeah, I actually almost think that Steve does because it, it, it's something where he can put his mark on things. And I just think last season the impression I got, and you know, this is
3: not just last season, watch. James. He, he wasn't yeah. lent on by finger I mean, uh, at all, was he, either? Liam?
0: Yeah, that is true. And I think having something he can he can be in charge of, I think that would be actually really good for for Steve. Um, and I think Freddie similarly could do with learning from being an assistant to a top coach.
3: Of course, the other positive, the Dave here, James. The other, the other quite probable positive, I guess, or unless we're just reading too much into it, is the timing of the move coincides with, obviously, Freddie being very successful with some of our young players, some of which have been on loan, to be fair, whilst he's been the manager, but some of them mm. he's been working with, you know, like Saka, for example, very closely. And, and, and are we reading too much into it that that might indicate more chances to be given for the youngsters who are breaking through, you know, given that Freddie's probably been a mentor to some of them?
0: You're definitely not reading too much into it. I think that's Whoa, exactly on the, the ball. thinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, they also, I think, you know, to an extent this is the sort of simple reality of when you've got not got much money to spend, you're going to need to rely on the academy. Um, and as you say, there are some hugely talented players there, you know, Joe Willock, Saka and Ketia. And I think there's Probably an acceptance around the sort of around Arsenal that maybe Emery needs someone with him that will just prod him a bit more to sort of say, oh, you've got this gap in the squad. You need a winger. Have you thought of you know why don't you try Amici or Saka or you know if you need a number ten, why don't you try Joe Willock? And there is a you know I, I I have to say for me I remain unconvinced until I see it happen. But everything else we're saying publicly and privately is they are committed to making the most of a really good crop of young players. Mm.
2: The the Freddy one intrigues me because I just wonder when he does take up this position um, amongst the first team how much say he's actually going to have because we've spent years watching Steve Bold just sit on the side not in really shorts, do regardless in shorts, of the weather. not really doing anything. That's Vic Acres. And I just <laughs> wonder I just wonder how much Freddy how much is Freddie going to actually have have yeah how much influence is he going to have in Emery's backroom staff?
0: Yeah, that is a good question and it's one I don't I, I'm not sure on yet and I think we, will, we won't know for a little while but I think almost the, the advantage of someone like Freddie is that he's there to learn as well um, and obviously Arsenal can't be run for the personal development of Freddie Jungberg or anyone else but he's not someone he's, he's someone that you know hasn't really had a sort of Senior role on the first team staff of a big team. I know he was at Wolfsburg, I think, with
3: um, Andrews Jonker. but so that wasn't
0: even for very long.
3: But, the so... but that's a key point, though, James. In, in, in helping you answer, you know, assist you in answering Chris's question is Steve Bold. When he realised he wasn't ever going to have a say, stayed. Freddy Lundberg mm. was at the Arsenal Academy. He was well thought of. He he, he could have progressed through from the sixteenth to the eighteenth. He when when Yonkers went, he saw an opportunity to be assistant manager in the in the Bundesliga. Mm. He took it. You know that, a, that that's, a that's, really that's a big difference guy. between Lundberg and Bold, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he, he's a really ambitious guy. I know that when you know, I spoke to him a few times this season, and he talks about you know wanting to be a manager eventually and quite possibly the Arsenal manager eventually and this is the I think actually nowadays this is the best best way to go about doing that. You don't go and learn your trade in the lower leagues. You learn from watching an Unai Emery and seeing how he gets on. And let's be honest, if things start going wrong for Emery next season and Arsenal are desperately in need of a, a safe pair of hands to even just to tide them over for a few weeks. Jungberg is perfectly set there now. I don't think Arsenal are planning that when they're making that decision but, you know, it certainly can't have evaded Jungberg's thought that, you know, he's he's very much the club man in that coaching staff, and whatever happens, whatever changes there are next season or the season after, Jungberg will, will probably still be in place.
1: How far do you think Jungberg could go as a coach at Arsenal
0: or elsewhere? Oh, it's so difficult to judge when you've seen him doing. so much of youth football, you you make. Uh, decisions, knowing that it might well go wrong. You know, you might play I mean, quite often I saw him play players you know, someone like James Olley who's a good young player, but he'd play him at right wing back and it was sort of, it wasn't really serving anyone's purpose, but it was good for him to learn so it is a tough one to gauge his sort of tactical ability and his technical qualities, but the man himself, you know as I say, having interviewed him a few times this season and seen him in action He's a really shrewd guy. Uh, he's very warm and approachable, gets on well with players, and is on their level without ever kind of being too matey. So I think in theory he could go quite far. And if you said to me that he's going to be Arsenal manager in the future, that wouldn't shock me.
1: Mm, well, that's quite some shout, James. And it sounds like it could be a good switch for the club to make. Thanks ever so much for your time. James Benz, their senior writer Speak at soon, James. Football. London. So, would you guys be broadly in favour of this as well?
2: I think, yeah. I mean, Steve Bold, like I said, didn't really do very much. I don't think he seemed to have contributed very much. I remember when, um, it was a couple of seasons ago when he first arrived, um, as Arsenal's assistant manager, and I think we got a couple of clean sheets back to back and everyone's hailing his influence, but the reality is, is that he had little influence. So, why not well, I'm try not something sure else? about that.
3: I think, I think, um, I think there was an influence and Wenger didn't like it, so he, <laughs> he 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 reined it back in because certainly there were a couple of the players who publicly said we've had great we've done sort of defensive drills and everything where Bold first took over and then suddenly it was Oh, no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Wenger didn't like Bold having the influence, same as when Martin Keown came and went so quickly, he just didn't like it. So when Tony Adams was there doing the drills, speaking to a couple of people at the club who were at Colney, saying the, the, the under-19s, you know, they absolutely loved working with Tony Adams because they were actually doing defensive drills and loving it because they never did anything like that at the club. And yeah, he never allowed that. Wenger never allowed that sort of, let's train the defence on set pieces, let's, and he just didn't allow it. So I don't That's think it's That's a damning year, but, indictment, isn't it? Well, it's awful. You know, because I think Steve Bold was very highly thought of. You know, when he was given that job, and I think he was highly thought of as a coach. And you know, you can't you can't know what was in his mind. But if you're on a hundred grand a year as as you know, reserved under twenty ones or U team manager, and you're offered half a million a year or a million a year as assistant manager, knowing that you're not going to have a say, what do you do? You you know, this is from an era where players weren't getting the pay what they're paid today. Steve Bold probably never earned more than fifteen grand a week. Only fifteen grand a week. But in those days, they didn't earn the, the big money. So it's a huge decision to make when you've got a family to look after, isn't it? Why hmm. wouldn't you do it?
1: On that idea of coaches perhaps being a bit concerned about the influence of their background staff, do you think there'll be any part of Unai Emery that would just be looking over his shoulder at Freddie Youngberg?
2: No. Um, well, he's only I'm got a
3: two-year sure. contract, hasn't he? He's got to be realistic about this. So in in the modern football where... Most managers bring their own backroom staff, as Emery has. Most of Wenger's staff went, barring Steve Bold. He was the only one that really was retained. In fact, the physio guys, Burgess, is now gone as well, isn't he? Just got rid of yeah. him. So everyone's pretty much gone, barring you know Steve Bold. I think you have to be realistic. The club have to have some consistency. So if you're going to leave and then you're going to take virtually all the backroom staff with you, there's got to be
1: somebody left. I mean, that's just reality, isn't it? You can't have no one left, you know. Absolutely. Well, Arsenal looking to strengthen in terms of background staff, looking to strengthen on the pitch as well. And could they be in for a double swoop in Sampdoria? Don't go anywhere.
0: This is Love Sport.
1: You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Dave Seeger of Gunnerstown. And Arsenal raided Sampdoria last summer. It went rather well. They picked up Lucas Torreira and in relative terms, it was a bargain. Now Emery looking to return to Serie A and to the same club for not one but two of their players, Joaquim Anderson and Dennis Prite Are these names that excite you?
2: <laughs> They're names that... Well, do you mean like as in the sound of them? Yeah, the sound well, if of you'd them like, is very yeah. exciting. Joaquin, yes, yeah. Joaquim. I've always wanted to have a wacke in my team. That's that's all I've got, I'm sorry. Um if I'm honest, I do not know very much about these individuals. I don't watch Italian football because it bores me to death.
3: But ninety five percent of Arsenal Twitter do. Yes. <laughs> we are the exceptions. And they
2: have said that he will be
3: I think I think them I think the fan base seems to be more excited about Anderson than Pratt. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that'll do. Um Anderson, I like the idea of Anderson because he's left-footed, and I think we've needed a left-footed centre back. For Giles will tell you that you know he's always wanted an actual proper left-footer on the left. He's young, he's a ball-playing centre back. My concern is, and I've the the, the somebody I know who does after-dinner speaking, you know, you know, a uh, big Gaz, yeah, does a lot of work, and Jan Mulby has said to him he's not ready to play in the Premier League. He's not even first-choice centre back for Denmark, and so I'm guessing Jan Mulby knows more than me and Chris, so he's not convinced. Prayat's bit more, I can see that, he was very, very I do remember when he was very, very good for Anderlecht when they came back in that 3 all game, He was when he was at Anderlecht, he was very good, he was more of a wide player then, he seems to have moved into the middle, so yeah. he, he, he fits into that category that I've always, I'm not saying he's the one, but I've wanted a, someone at number 10 who can pass as well as and dribble yeah. and beat a man, he may be that man I don't know enough.
2: One of our mates Andrew um, Fife I asked him about him, because he watched, watches a lot of uh, Italian football, he said to me he's a classic mezala now that just sounds like a pizza to me no, can so anyone help uh, me what yeah, a mezala yeah. is so i don't a... want to go like you're well, why can't but... andrew
3: use uh, he's a regista he's a mezala so he's a uh, liquista uh,
1: a, a mezala is a, a different is type of coffee a central midfield player traditionally employed on the left or the right of a midfield three who plays the role of a traditional midfielder but funnels wider into the channels which is where dave his previous as a more of a winger. Well, that was in. the role Pogba played for Juve then mm. in the four-three-three. Sort of floating what, left, CM.
3: Yeah. Well, in which case, it sounds like the sort of player I think we could do with. I don't know enough about him to say if he is that player. But having said all that, this is these are fairly concise stories. So the fact that it's thirty-seven million bid and now it's forty-two million, it seems.
2: More than just Seems speculation. Like it. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is where's this 40 million pound? Uh, how are they going to work out this 40 42 million, million euro? 40, this 40 million pound transfer kitty that we supposedly have. Because if it's Carrasco, <laughs> if we're looking at Carrasco for 22, 23. It's sales, 23 Chris. Million, it's and sales. And, oh, all right. Okay.
3: 45 million plus sales.
2: Okay. And we're offloading. That's, that's obviously why they've well, got big signs, neon signs outside Colney saying everything must go.
3: Well, let's just. Okay. I will give you the name. You tell me you think the valuation. Should we do that? Yes. El Denny. Five million Johnny, quid. Johnny, you add it up, right? Okay. Five so million quid. Five million.
1: Ooh. That's far too low, but we'll okay. carry on.
3: Callum Chambers. Twenty.
2: Carl Jenkinson. <laughs> One point <laughs> two. <laughs> this is precisely. only going to work if you're <laughs> serious, Greg. One point right. two. Shodron uh, Mustafi. I think we get twenty million quid for him. Okay. Sayed Kalazinak. Thirty million quid.
1: Wow. Ooh. So how much have we got there so far? You have got seventy-six point two million pounds. So add that. So we've
3: basically got one hundred and twenty million pounds to spend. All right. And then you get the. It's not all spent in the summer. It's over a period of time. Amortisation.
1: It's actually, actually amortisation. It's actually quite a lot of money. Plus wages that are being freed up as yeah, well. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah. Well.
3: So now you're getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's buy all. He's just given you seasons to get up. <laughs> So actually, you no. Know, that's seriously. I mean, that you know, we have to look at it like that. The question is, can they find the buyers at those prices? Mm. I think Chambers will be snapped up by someone. In a way, I'm quite sad to see him go. Me too. But, I think but it's, a good it's you know, if you've got, if you are going to buy a new centre back, and you've got um, Socrates and Holding, the question is what. Then you've got maybe Bielik and what you're going to do about Lauren Crisone. Mm. I think you need to have four high-quality centre-backs.
2: Mm. I suspect Bielik gets another summer, probably in the championship. Uh, gets another season in the championship. And, yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you know what I find I'm interesting not as in as the well? last year
3: of his contact, there, Chris. We've got to make a decision this summer. What, Bielik? Yeah.
2: I think he he's got d- two, hasn't
3: he? I thought he had one. He had a year at... Bur- he signed an extension. Then he had a year at Birmingham, a year at Charlton. I thought it was a three-year extension. I, I thought he had one year left. Uh, we'll I'm check sure. that. We'll check that in Someone the break. Out,
2: yeah. Someone someone can tell us differently, but um what I find amazing is the difference between January and the summer because we were linked heavily with this Temperature. <laughs> you are terrible. You actually get onto radio. And with Coco. These jokes.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah he, he has gone a bit quiet on that.
2: Yeah, complete silence. When you know, apparently we were really hot for him, we were gonna be looking back at him in the summer. Is he
3: and playing more regularly with Rabiot not playing or I don't know is he he didn't certainly play in the semi final did he he plays for PSG yeah yeah
2: no I don't know I thought he was on his way out and his agent was certainly touting that wasn't he yeah so. and Rabio as well there's two there well
1: Rabio's right? definitely off there's there's been a lot of spin in both directions.
2: L- looking back, we're on... giving you all the material for
1: your next show in the hours. Yeah, I've, I've got an Arsenal. sake well. <laughs> there, there are there are other names in that as well. There are different. Frank Cassier is one. Um uh, apparently staying. We're hearing a lot about William Saliba as well. This eighteen-year-old centre half Saint Saint-Etienne He's so. definitely been linked a lot, but I think I think that one might might have gone a bit cold. Mm. It's quite heavily reported today, but it's very hard to tell what mm. what on earth is going you on. you got Belic, and you're going for Anderson. That's obviously a confirmed bid. Mm. And Saliba. Do you think Beale is good enough?
3: <laughs> it's hard to tell having... I mean, he certainly did well at Birmingham. He certainly... The Charlton fans absolutely love him. Yeah. But that is two divisions below. But yeah, then,
2: I've, I've got a know. mate who's a Charlton fan, and I messaged him after the playoff final and said, we'll have him back, thanks. And he was like, he's really good. I don't know whether he's Premier League good yet, so... Don't.
3: The other thing is the Charlton fans. They they've played him. He's played two roles. He's played centre back in a three, and he's played defensive midfield. He's played both positions, and he's played mm. both well. And if we're going to sell Chambers, then we may need that cover. Unless, well, we haven't talked about the the right back and the left back links. We'll probably do that later. But you know, if we're if we're going to, if if we're going to buy full-backs then maybe Maitland-Niles comes into the midfield reckoning as well, doesn't he?
2: Well, he needs to have, if that's what he is going to be, that needs to be nailed down soon enough because he's now getting to, what, is he 21, 22? Do you think he's good enough
3: and... to play midfield? Well, we haven't seen him for long enough to know. I mean, no. certainly I remember the Southampton game in the FA Cup two years ago when it was him and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Jeff Renner-Adelaide.
0: Yeah, and Ainsley made the
3: Niles was awesome that day. And I thought, wow, where have you been? And then we've barely, I mean, then he had a couple of bad games. I think he's probably played five or six games in centre midfield for Arsenal.
1: It's very hard to tell. Got to give him a chance. I want to link these potential Sampdoria signings to the conversation we were having about Ryan Fraser versus Carrasco. Dave, I think you very appropriately used the word snobs, partly tongue-in-cheek, to describe the Arsenal I fans... I wasn't mean tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> ...to describe the Arsenal fans who are less keen on Fraser. Are you less keen on these Sampdoria guys because they're not big, glitzy names, because you haven't heard of them, or does it not matter?
2: I quite like that we are looking at these types of players, the signing before the big signing. Um, I don't think we can... I've said this obviously before, I don't think we can afford to be going for the big signings. We need to look for those £20 million footballers that, like Torreira, that you can become £40 million footballers after the season, half two seasons.
3: Yeah, and I think, well, this sums it up from our co-host who's not with us tonight. This is a tweet from Charlie earlier, which I sort of uh, retweeted from the show, Twitter. Seeing lots of people turning their noses up at potential transfer targets of ours. People need a reality check. But most of the ones I see would def- definitely improve us by a country mile. Don't know if people haven't realised yet, but we're not actually that good at <laughs> <for> the
1: moment. <laughs> so, do you think this is a summer of acceptance for us?
3: Yeah,
2: hundred percent. You know, we're playing. We've essentially been playing with our only wide player in the squad was Alex Iwobi. Who, you know, as if he's had an average season, I think I'm being polite. You know, you could call it average at best. Mikatarian, the same. Ozil, poor. We, we're just we're just playing with technical people that play central and it's it's just it's looked unbalanced and the players they've not been in form you can't really say that too many of them have been that outstanding and so if you get somebody that is going to give us five percent more than what we got this season five percent more may put us into the Champions League next year
3: yeah I mean I was watching Ryan Fraser I watched the highlights of the Scotland game the other day I mean what a shift he puts in I mean really is a shift enough well it's a start. If you watched the Europa League final, there's about seven players who didn't put in any sort of shit yeah. for Arsenal. I mean, that was beyond embarrassing. That was a disgrace. You know, the people who have traveled thousands of miles. There was a we did a really good blog on Gunnerstown this week where one of our writers, Nick Birch had been, and he did a he did a travelog and he went he flew to Istanbul, then to Tbilisi, then he hitchhiked from Tbilisi to Azerbaijan. <laughs> you know, and he did it and it, that's the effort people put in to get there. And you apparently You know, allegedly, the players had to be told in the main to go
1: back out and applaud the fans. I mean, that's
3: just not on. That's shocking.
2: I mean, that is just not on. Shocking, but not really unsurprising with some of these players. But I'd have
1: made them hitchhike back to Tbilisi. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, when I saw the way that Mesut Ozil trudged off that pitch as slowly as he could when we're trying to get back in the game at 3 1, I didn't ever want to see him wear an Arsenal shirt again. Mm. I'm that, I'm honestly, I really felt so angry at that point as much as I get angry these days, but it was shocking. I mean, literally, the way he played, Willock did more in 15 minutes than Ozil did in 75. That's an absolute fact. Nobody can debate that. Mm.
1: Mm. Well, if we need players to put in shifts, a big part of that in most of Emery's system involves the full-backs, getting up, getting back down again, and doing it at speed. So coming up, let's have a look at some of these full-back transfer targets. Are they the right men for the job?
0: This is Love Sport.
1: You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Dave Seeger of Gunnerstown and it's time to talk full-backs. We're being linked with left-backs, we're being linked with right-backs. Let's start with whether the club even need a right-wing back at all. Hector Bellerin returning from injury, Maitland-Niles has shown he can deputise. Is it overkill?
2: I wonder if... Emery maybe doesn't fancy Hector Bayer in long longer term because it, you you just listen to who we've been linked with the players that we've been linked with and the whole Suarez situation it just feels like he likes getting in his own sort of sergeants doesn't he he likes getting in his his own men so that he can not play <laughs> Pay them lots of money and they don't. Well, we pay, haven't but... been
3: linked with Benega this this window yet. No, which but... is... and, and Zonzi's gone. And as gone well, which is which No, is I useful, think I quite. think I think we're missing that vital point here. Is uh, if, as I think, we all probably think, I don't know. I think he may go back to four at the back, and if he goes back to four at the back, I think what he's saying is, maitland Niles is not good enough at full back, and Kalazinak's not good a good enough at left back, mm. and Bellerin isn't going to be ready till October, so you're going to be sort of. Fifteen games into the season, till you've yeah. got a ninety percent fit head to Bellerin without a preseason. Yeah. So really, you could be looking end of October till we've got our first choice fallback. So the links to Mounier, if it's not a crazy price,
1: make a lot of sense to me the figure i've seen reported a lot and it's been reported consistently and the figure hasn't been changing which is very encouraging around the 22 million pound mark united also seem to have dropped out of that race
2: that would be quite a good signing yeah so uh, okay and also how much would tierney be because that's the other one that we had on the list so that'd be more, 30, million 30, million? 30
1: million yeah, yeah
3: 25 right, so
2: let's team. do your game dave but in reverse so where's that? What was that? What was the final figure? So you're down to seventy. After those two, figure? you've got seventy million. You, you hundred twenty.
1: Seventy-six point two million you had plus your. It's hundred twenty. Call it
2: hundred and twenty. All right, fine. So you're down to. So that's f- bought those 52 two million, yeah. 52 million. So if you take a Carrasco at 25, that's euros, though. So we'll call it 22 million pounds for Carrasco. Mm-hmm. You're not making this maths easy for Sorry, me, Sorry, 22 million, that, that, 22 that, million that's, plus 22 million, that's, that's 44 million. Plus just, 30 million.
3: Yeah, those three, it's quick, are oh, your 74 million from sales. Those three. So you're back down to 45 million. I'll have another vowel, please. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so after those three, you've got 45 million left, which is yeah. your two, which is your two players. That's what we've just bid. That's it. Chris, you're oh, well, a genius. we sold it, all. Hang on. it all.
1: Carrasco, Prite, Anderson. Tierney and Mounier. That's not a bad Sorry, study, you know, Ryan. Tell you what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, then, and then a cheeky Ryan Fraser <laughs> <Yeah>. on 31st <laughs> on deadline, of August. On deadline
1: day, yeah. Would you take that as a summer of business? Would, I, do, th- I, I do
3: think the... T- the t- I don't know anything about Mounier. I, You know, from people I speak to, Tierney is real. And In I terms I, of the interest or yeah. the ability. Oh, and the conversations. The, the the thing is also i think that um a lot of people have made the point that he might want to see the tenth trophies a celtic boy celtic he's previously tri- said he never wants to leave celtic. yes i know but um i yeah well okay we'll see i think i think that's well the the interest is real conversations have been had Whether they progress, I don't know. But I think he's a very,
1: very realistic target for Arsenal. Mm. And I think there is a point on him previously having said he doesn't want to leave Celtic, which is if he does go to Arsenal or he does go somewhere else, he's going to really, really believe in whatever vision it is he's been sold because this is a guy who's being offered the chance to captain Celtic in a dominant period over Rangers. He's a Celtic lad. So if he goes to Arsenal, he's not going to be messing about. He's not going to be half committed.
3: Maybe True. him and Ryan Fraser have got a double pact. Oh, a little Scottish link <laughs> down the left. A little Scottish, left. Scottish down the left there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that.
3: Well, I'll, try to think Kira, I'll tell you another thing on Tierney, which is an aside. Sorry, Chris. No, you go. He's never going to take over from Andrew Robertson full-time if he's playing in Scotland, is he? That's a yeah. very he's, good point. He's got two great left backs there for
2: Scotland. Also, as much as he loves Celtic, imagine being in a league where you only play like what two or three interesting games a season. And that's Rangers home or away. Mm Why does
3: anyone go to Barcelona or Real Madrid then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's... that's Come on, that's a bit different.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about Valencia. Let's talk about (laughs) Atletico. Come on. Come on, David. Okay.
1: I... I think we underestimate the extent to which these guys who really love Celtic or Rangers really hate the other. But I think Tierney will be realistic, not least because he's going to have an agent. I don't know who his agent is off the top of my head, but his agent will recognise that there are millions of pounds for the agent there if he can move. So surely we will see that switch eventually.
3: I'd love I'd love to see good Scottish players back in the Premier League. I mean, it, it can only help the Scottish side as well. Not that I've got a huge amount invested in that. But, you know, there was a time when I was growing up where you know every every top side had two or three great scottish players in it certainly you know the liverpool did and man united so it would be lovely i mean it would be lovely to see that again personally
2: yeah well i don't really have any love for scotland it's a lovely place but i don't really have much love for the football or the footballers there so i'm not fussed either way i just want to see arsenal with a good summer that gives us a little bit of something to be excited for and like you said bringing it back to the transfer conversation i think that would be a good summer Mm. The downside, Fraser or, yeah. or Sons Fraser.
3: Yeah, the, the the downside of those two is neither of them are homegrown. You know, which is which is if we're going to buy British, then there would be some sense in buying English. But are there English fullbacks you'd have a look at, Dave? answer it if we weren't, if Monreal's finish, which I believe not finish is harsh. Sorry, love Nacho. If he's not going to be first choice, and Kolasinac's not a left back, and and we wanted to go for a cheap option, I, I just. He's only about 28. I would sign Ryan Bertrand tomorrow. I mean, this is a player who played every single England you qualifier. You just
2: basically go along all of the South Coast clubs, don't you? <laughs> Seeing <laughs> I just, who you can I just, pick I just up. Thought, I, just thought, I, just thought,
3: I just thought he was so badly treated by Southgate. He played every single qualifier. Danny Rose barely played for Tottenham. And then as soon as he's fit, Danny Rose in the squad. And then Ashley Young plays left back ahead of, ahead of a player who captained Southampton all season and played in all the qualifiers.
2: And I just think Ryan Bertrand's a great little player. All right, put your Southampton and Bournemouth and Portsmouth love away for a minute. Oh, I haven't. We? Anyone good Oh, at sorry. Exeter? Sorry. Nathan,
3: you're right. I do want Nathan Aki. If we can't have Anderson, I'll have Nathan Aki. Would you like Nathan? Ackie? I love
1: Nathan Aki. He's left footed centre back. I just, I just think he's a great centre back. Yeah, i mean, decent. I mean, you're both accepting those five or so players we've said could be the window. Not many of them from the Premier League. Is there a worry that they'd need the first couple of months of the season at least to bed in?
2: Nah
3: Less of a It'd be more of a worry If they were coming from France Or Holland I think I think uh, I think the Italian leagues quite physical um, German leagues quite physical I mean he didn't The manager Wenger gave Shaka Several times t- Several months Before he was first choice And Emery did the same With Torreira I don't know Whether they needed to or not I, I, I You know It's hindsight it? I don't know I mean We were all desperate For Torreira to play Much quicker than he did mm. And as soon as he was In the side full time We never looked back so, yeah, I, I just don't know enough about Pratt and Anderson, to be honest. My I, I worry about Anderson, as I say, is that he, maybe they get a little bit more time to bring the ball out from defence in that league. Um, whether he get the same amount of time on the ball, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that has been highlighted as the reason why we we're after Anderson is his ability on the ball. And, you know, that's been one of the clearly you could see that with Leno as soon as Leno came in you could see right well we know why he's been bought mm. you know ball at his feet brilliant and if we're getting a, if we're going to get a centre-half in that can be equally as useful and tidy on the ball then I'm all for And it. then
3: also you might have the option then of playing Holding on his right foot rather than on his left foot yeah. which you know Holding was criticised at times for not being the best on the ball but he was always on the left. I think he's, you know, he'd yeah, be, more, nat- turn your body he'd be, be more natural on the right. So. so if you have a natural left-footed centre-back, we haven't had a left-footed centre-back for ages. I mean, Koscielny's played there or Charles loves it, a left-footed centre-back. Charles loves it. Where are you, Charles, when we need you? Charles uh, probably knows every single left-footed centre-back in Europe.
1: I suspect so. I suspect <laughs> so. And we've talked what a lot. What happened to that Napoli guy that everyone wanted? Oh, Kaladu Koulibaly. That's easy for you. He though? is apparently if rumours are to be believed and i don't believe them by the way united a bid 84 million but i suspect that the Gazetto dello sport are talking rubbish <laughs> we've talked a lot about potential entrance to arsenal let's talk about a potential exit that we haven't mentioned yet and a man who even if he does stay may not be the most popular granite Xhaka. will he always divide the fans this a good show. This. You are. this is we're having a
2: good show here.
1: Yes, yeah. This is it's love. It's the Arsenal fan show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and Dave Seeger, and Chris Howard of Gunnerstown. Granite Xhaka, where do we stand on him? He seems to always divide opinion.
2: I think it's because. I like him. I've always liked him. I think he's a good player. I think his past distribution and his range is fantastic. I think offloading him, unless silly money comes in, if a club comes in and says drop seventy-five million or seventy million euros well, 42 or whatever, two million
3: it is, touted from Inter Milan wouldn't tempt you then.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it would. Well, you
3: made me answer a question earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. No, it wouldn't tempt me. Um, but hang on. If it, if... But I,
2: and I think it's just because people see the problem is is that people often just they see high profile ish, uh, errors you know five, four or five times in a season and you can argue that four or five times in a season might be four or five times too many but they see those high pro- profile errors they see when he's not when he's not set up when his body shape isn't set up to receive the ball properly you know problems happen but i see that as a structural problem in our team more than it is granite jacker david mm. Your
3: I just think it's not. I mean, I just think. So I think someone said it on Twitter or something. If you, if after three full seasons of being first choice in the Arsenal first eleven, he's still dividing fans, then he probably isn't good enough. And I, I would yeah. go with that. I think that's not to say I don't like him. That's not to say he's not a good player. And it may be if we finally move to the same system as Switzerland. If we do go four three three all of next season, unless we tweak for the odd game, and he's playing with Torreira and at for example, yeah. we might see the best of him. But then yeah, I think it was him that gave away that free kick for Sterling yesterday yeah, on the edge silly. of the box. Yeah. He, and you say four or five times a season. I must admit, I thought you were going to say four or five times a game at that point. And <laughs> I would have, I wouldn't have been surprised if you had, because it's definitely more than four or five times a season. It's, it is. It's 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 no more or less than Mustafi because Mustafi is just more profile, high profile, because he's actually in the defence.
2: Yeah. Do you know what it is? Is um, the English football. English football is so physical, it's so pacey, and he's clearly not um, a physical and pacey player. And I think you know, he can
3: do the physical, but certainly
2: he's not. He's he's not got the pace. And and the, our game seems to be so reliant on pace. You know, the reason why we have struggled going forward so much this season is because we haven't really had that pace on the flanks. You know, even at times through the middle, and perhaps that's a reason why he's maligned. But it's. The most terrifying, one of the most terrifying things to watch about Arsenal these days is Granit Xhaka receiving the ball facing his own goal, isn't it? Let's be honest. And, and that
3: was Santi Cazorla. You wouldn't even bat an eyelid. He, was, he, he would turn either way, both-footed. Never had a problem with that. Mm. But yeah, no, I take, take your point. I but don't know where structural
2: again. What you were saying, the four-three, it's a structural thing within the team. Then, so maybe that is the answer. It's change the structure so that you get the most out of him, or change the player.
3: Yeah, I mean, maybe you, maybe what you actually want is Torreira to be picking the ball up off the off the centre back and then giving it to Shaka rather than Shaka being the deepest. Yeah,
1: but can Torreira Uh, do everything?
3: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I love him. I think I think he's only going to get better as well. I mean, he had a couple of spots last season where you know he was a bit, he went off the boil a bit. He was in
1: and out of the team. I think in his second full season, he's going to rip it up next year. Yeah, and is there an argument as well in terms of the potential arrival of Prite that? They played together at Sampdoria. He presumably was part of what was bringing the best out of Torreira. Maybe they would really compliment each other. I for tweeted Arsenal. that
3: the other day, not not based on knowledge, but based on logic. Yeah, I mean Anderson obviously used to give the ball to Torreira. Torreira used to give the ball to Praia. There is a degree of logic in that, and obviously,
1: it, it, you know that must must come into Emery's thinking, I assume. But I suppose the worrying flip side of the same coin is that what Sampdoria, Sampdoria, got, Sampdoria got relegated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Where did
2: Sampdoria finish?
1: Off the top of my head, I would suspect mid-table.
2: Not yeah, yeah like but that.
3: they
1: haven't had any money for years at Sampdoria. They're, they're a they're a sort of
3: get the un, get the players unknown like Torreira, make them good, and then sell them on. That's they that finish the
2: Sell them for sell them for twenty-five million quid, which, or euros or whatever it is, which actually, it's almost like the next evolution. So we're looking at those players that we can buy for 20, 25 million and we can sell on for 40, 45. Sampdoria are looking at picking up those types of players for four, five, six million pounds and then selling them on now, How many times has Pratt played for
3: his maybe? country?
1: Quite a few, but bear in mind that Belgium <coughs> do like giving caps to young players. Uh, he's only got three, and a couple of them came as a kid back in 2014. That, that's probably the same
3: as... Mikel Arteta never playing for Spain, though. When you think about the amount of talent that Belgium have got, you know, when you've got... Yeah, there's so many midfield players in there, isn't there? That you know, I mean, Fellaini's obviously miles better than anyone, so he's been keeping him out. Of the <laughs> team. But uh, no, but you got Telemans. You got a lot of
1: midfield players there, haven't
2: you? I tell you what, uh, that's a player that I wouldn't mind us being a little bit closely linked to Telemans. Well, Thiel- well, that
1: yeah. was what I was going to say, I think Chris. He's quite, quite happy at Leicester, isn't he? Well, Seems yeah, but when you said you wouldn't take 42 mil for Xhaka it's not going to cost that much more than that to prize Telemans away from Monaco. It might be as much as 60, but it certainly wouldn't be more than that. At that point, I mean, it's a completely different world, isn't it? And Leicester are in it and Arsenal aren't.
3: This is the bizarre
2: thing. You, you've got teams like Leicester and West Ham that feasibly are outspending us this, this summer. And I can't believe that it's all down to, oh, well, you know, we're paying uh, Ozil and an X amount per week. There's got to be something. There's some sort of other underlying issue.
3: Well, yeah. All the other clubs have got rich owners who are putting their own money in. That's the difference.
1: But Arsenal have always had previous of signing players who are relative unknowns and turning them into stars. We were talking about Freddie Jungberg earlier in the show. Yeah, that's a a long time ago. It is a long time ago. But the last
3: player we did that with, I'd say, is Laurent Koscielny.
1: Yeah, that's probably a good
3: point. Who was
2: the last one that we actually then made a decent amount of money on through selling? selling You know, I can't even remember.
1: But but would the prospect of Arsenal doing that again not bring you some degree of joy?
2: Of course. I think
3: Chris and I are both match day fans, You know, match game fans. And I think you know, this is nothing to do with where you are, which armchair you're sitting in, which country you're sitting in. If you're a match going fan, it's not just about 90 minutes football. It's mm. about meeting your friends, it's about having a good time and it's about enjoying the day out. When you're going to go away from your family, you've got to have a good day out, it's got to be worth it. And at that point right now, I think Chris, myself and many more like us, if we're not going to win things would like to see a few of the homegrowns in there who are going to play with a smile on their face for the cannon on their shirt. And that's what most of us want. I think the match game fans want the good players. We keep the good players. We get rid of the ones who aren't playing for the shirt. We make four or five good signings and then we embellish it with youngsters. That's what most Arsenal fans I know who go to games want. Hear, hear,
2: man. Hear, hear.
1: And so, end of the sermon. End of the sermon. (laughs) Here endeth the second lesson. (laughs) Would you then, Dave, be considering players' character in the recruitment as well, looking for real scrappers? Um, Well, in the right positions, we need scrappers,
3: and Torreira is that. But, it's, you know, Gilberto Silva wasn't a scrapper. He was just brilliant and stylish. And in those days you mentioned it earlier, they were all pacey athletes. You know, Pires didn't mm. look like an athlete, but crikey, you know, he might have waddled like a duck, but he waddled <laughs> like a duck very quickly. You know, Freddie Lundberg was an athlete, Vieira and Gilberto were athletes, and then the players who came in, like Edu and Parla, were fantastic athletes. Everyone was a physical athlete. You know?
2: But I think that's what what you've just said, for me, resonates. It's not about scrappers, it's about athletes. Yeah. What we need more is... The athleticism of, of players. And as much as we all sort of laughed when, when, we, when we got 40 million for Oxlade Chamberlain and said, oh, well, he spends half of his time injured, and yes, he has, he's an athletic footballer. He's a good footballer, an athletic footballer. And that's the type of mould you want that strong, physical, but it's not it's not a scrapper it's about an athlete and i think and the, we don't have enough of that the at the moment no. no
3: if if emery could get a song out of Maitland-Niles and change his attitude yeah. he is that player he's got that you know, athleticism he is a very very strong when he played wing back on the left or left back last season in in europe when we, he was so quick the times he'd lost the ball because of you know he wasn't very good at that position he got back he's so quick and he moves very quickly and he's a, he is definitely an athlete but I get, I get, I I understand out of Colney that I think the the coaching staff have a little bit of a problem with his attitude. Yeah, you know, he, he thinks he's made it, and he's there not quite working hard enough.
1: Difficult scenes. Maybe his that's mum, body apparently. language. Yeah, there is a bit of that.
3: But again, he's homegrown. I mean, I don't, I don't watch the youth team as much as well at all. Really, I read up on it. But the people who do say both Saka and Amici easily could be in and around the first team next year. And obviously, most of us have seen Reese Nelson. Most of us have seen Emil Smith-Rowe. I know people who are close to Colney who think, well, apparently Barcelona
1: came in for Smith-Rowe about three years ago. Mm. They're considering it again. That's how highly thought of he is. Well, maybe that is the future then for Arsenal, bringing those kids through and possibly, whilst Chris, it might not be a straightforward decision to make, waving goodbye to Granite Xhaka.
0: Sport.